Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Welcome to a very cool girl, air-dried, tousled, kind of just like disheveled episode of Fat Mascara. I'm Jen Goldstein. I'm Jessica Matlin. It's time for Fat Mascara! Yes, we've got a very cool episode today. Michael Gordon, the founder of Hair Story, the coolest hairline, hair care, and also a very chill hair 
hair studio, I would say, like a hair factory. He's the one putting us in this like laid back mood, I think. Yeah, like I never want to own a brush again. Like yeah. he's, uh, he's changed my hair frame of mind. He's also, um, he founded Bumble and Bumble, so he's kind of a hair legend, a hair hero, if you will. Sure. We're going to be talking about products that Jess loves. Then a new plastic surgery report came out, and we're going to get into some of the trends and details in that. And then we also have um, just a little bit to make us feel better about what we talk about every day, why beauty isn't really skin deep. It's, it's deeper than that. Sounds heavy. Let's do it. Jess, remember that time that I said to you that you looked really bedroom-eyed and heavy-lidded? Yeah, that was right after my eye surgery. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't feel self-conscious or anything. I know. I always feel bad about that. But today, you look that complete opposite. Your eyes are, like, really bright and wide, and I kind of want to know what's happening over Boing. there. Boing. <laughs> well, if you must know, I'm, I'm taking out my little makeup bag here. Which looks like a kitty cat, of course. It's, um, it's actually from Korea. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend brought this back. Wait, do you have Korea. a new product to tell everybody about? It's a, it's a, a new product, but it's an old product. It's an oldie but a goodie, and it's cheap as hell. L'Oreal Voluminous. That is why your eyes look mm-hmm. so good with the curved brush. Everyone, why did you read? How did you rediscover this product? So I interviewed the Kardashians makeup artist for ten years, Joyce Benelli for okay. Cosmo. Now. I didn't know that I was going to love her as much as I did. She gave me so many amazing tips. Like, she gave me this huge list of products that I needed to buy. Or, like, you know, I mean, there aren't enough hours in the day. (laughs) And, like, she's in the May Cosmo, pick it up. But there, like, she she gives a lot of her tips but and product picks. But one of them is that we didn't run is the L'Oreal Voluminous because she said – it's just so inky black. They do have a carbon one. I didn't get that one. But it's very wet. Like, it doesn't just get all dry and disgusting. as you talk to me. It's very... It's, like, it really gives you this wide-eyed look that doesn't get all crusty and disgusting. I think that's what it is. It's one of those... It looks like a mascara that isn't, like, clumpy and volumizing. It's more, like, lengthening and eye-popping. It's but ver- there's something on your lids, too. Okay. So, there's moving al- moving along... Remember remember our guest, Daniel Martin, who was sitting across from us just a couple of weeks ago? Yes. Yeah, Daniel. So Daniel was like, I was telling him how I wanted a makeover. I was just tired of my look. Like, I really want a glam squad like him and like all those peeps. Mm-hmm. But I can't really afford one right now. Okay. So uh, he told me what I, what I should be doing is just like popping my lids. Now, I know that sounds painful. It sounds nasty. It sounds nasty. <laughs> But he said just like a hit of like shimmery color on your lid can do more. But it's than... not across your whole lid. Well, I just put it on the center of my lid. Is that what that's what popping your... your lid means? Okay, so a pop in your lid is shimmery shadow just above like the iris. Above area, the iris, correct. Like. Keep blinking, so he... and I'll get more info on that. So yeah. he recommended this amazing. Now everyone's coloring is different, but he recommended this Dior Fu... Dior Show Fusion Mono in Meteor. Wait, and he said that right after our interview, and you already have it. Oh I... yeah, I work quickly. Mm-hmm. So. It's this beautiful cream shadow, almost like a mousse texture, and it's a rose gold. And that's what's on your and lids right now. And I just put now. it on my lid. No liner. I save seven minutes every morning, which, let's face it, my liner never looked that good anyway. No, and like, I it didn't. It. Nah, I need to get better. I need to like follow some YouTube Okay, so now instead you're popping the lid and lengthening the lashes. Lengthening the lashes. No liner. Saving time. Sleeping in. Everything's good. Why didn't I ask for tips? I got to do that more. Well, well, one of them is from Joyce. One of them is from Daniel. Um, anything else we need to discuss? Because I, I don't know. I, your arches look good, and your hair is kind of like 
cool girl disheveled. Could it be cut? Could it be because I've been using the beach waver? Wait, you've you've been taking all the advice that's thus far been on the podcast and putting it to work. Why do you think we're doing this show so I can get tips? <laughs> that's the whole point of the show. Yeah. So you beach waved too, huh? I've been beach waving. And I'm really bad with hot tools, which Jen knows, which she remembers from when we did the shoot. If you look at our promo photo, somebody's <laughs> hair looks like a soccer mom. I use your the beach skills waver. are coming into their own. It's so easy; like a child could use the beach waver. You heard it here first. Jess, you know I love me some data. You're like such a data nerd. I love it. I'm just such a nerd, period. No. But every time there's like a new yearly study of the state of whatever, I get all into it looking for the trends. So I just got the report from, I'm calling it ASAPS. Oh, ASAPS. That sounds good. <laughs> no, it's actually, you got it too. The American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. I've always called them ASAPS, but keep going. ASAPS. Yeah. ASAPS. I want to look slimmer. ASAPS. <laughs> um, so it's basically a trade organization for plastic surgeons, and they do all, you know, they do surveys of all the doctors mm-hmm. to find out what procedures are trending. I'm sure that's not the word that the plastic surgeons use, <laughs> but what's hot that year. So they just came out with the numbers right. for 2015. And I was really interested to see what is going on. Did you take a look? I took a quick gander. Did anything stick out to you as like, this is surprising and yet interesting as well? Well, there was something that was not surprising, but like not any less depressing, which is just how popular like injectables are. Like they're just basically normal. It's like getting a haircut We're talking now. neurotoxins like Botox and Dysport, but also hyaluronic acid fillers like Voluma and Restylane and all those. Exactly. Like, you know... Basically everything that's in my face right now. Right. <laughs> oh, I said it, not you. No, um, the, I, I just think it's so it's, normal. The fact that I just said that like that, it's just it, become the new norm that these are available to everybody. Non-surgical cosmetic procedures have increased 44% in a year. That's crazy. That's... It's like it's setting up this bell curve where if you're not getting it, it's almost like you look worse in comparison. You're like an outlier. Exactly. I was really interested to look at the body stuff. Okay. And apparently buttock lifts are up 32%, which I get. Because I I feel like the butt was big in 2014 in New York City. But it was about being big, right? Yeah, but it had a moment where it was lifted and big. Yeah. But but you forget that the coasts travel inward and now, Mm. like... Just curviness in general and lifted butt is just so much more desirable to a lot of women and men, let's be honest, that it's just become a really popular cosmetic procedure. You know what else is up a lot? What? This is something I'm I'm never going to need. My mom would say different. Tattoo removal. Why do you think that is? I did see that. Really? Why do you think that is? No. Listen, I have friends with, like, the fighting Irish on their calf, the Celtic knot on their lower back. I have a friend with a yin-yang in orange. Yin-yang? Yin-yang, yin-yang. yeah, yin-yang. In orange and green, center of the back. Like, sure. I don't like to call it the tramp stamp, but it's the tramp yeah. stamp. Yeah, I, I definitely see some regrettable tattoos, but I feel like they're so normal now. Like, almost all of my girlfriends have a tattoo. Right, but I, the fact, and that speaks to these numbers because everybody mm. has a tattoo and you got to think a certain percentage of those people are going to want to get rid of them. You're totally right. You're totally Is there right. anything else? I yeah. just thought it was really interesting. Anything else you saw that stood out to you? Okay, so, well, I mean, basically, I just read this and I was like, okay, nobody's happy with the way they look. Oh, I, like, no. No, I, seriously, like, the, the, the stats are through the roof. One, okay, this one. Or, or you can think of it this way. Everybody is empowered and wants to look even better. Oh, and boy. 
Oh, all right. No. No? No. Tell me um, one more step. Okay, this one really, really bummed me out. And, like, I'm taking one for the guys here. It said the number of cosmetic procedures performed among men has increased, now just wait till I finish the sentence, over 325% from 1997 when the survey was initiated. And there are so many stats within this, I'm not going to go through all of them, but basically men are getting a lot of surgery. One Fine, of, welcome to our world. See I, what it's like to have to look, be judged by how you look all the time. I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's a good sign. I think it's almost like a sign that things are getting worse for everyone when even the dudes are like it's they're, if they're feeling more pressure then we'll we're feeling more Damn pressure sure they should i think that's the takeaway i'm not ready for pay i don't want to get payback on dudes man i just think it's sad that everyone feels crappy about themselves i think that's the takeaway though plastic surgery has become more available to more people than it was before and that's what this speaks to it's not just for the elite or for the rich or for women of a certain age and maybe that's a bad thing maybe it's a good thing but it's kind of here to stay jen last week i went to this event and i was really just sort of moved by it it was a dinner with charlotte tilbury she has a new lipstick line um, and, you know, it's a, it benefits charity. The woman from the charity, it's called Women for Women International, was there. And she was saying that um, in these war-torn places that she goes, that she's been, the women, in addition to financial support and training and all of these, like, very critical things they need, they tell them that, that they want lipstick. Women in war-torn situations. Women in war-torn situations are asking for, like, hand on heart, they're asking for lipstick. Wait, I didn't tell you this. That's so funny that you just learned that. So that's because Charlotte has lipsticks coming out to support that yes, charity? Yes, it's two, for $2 out of every single lipstick that you buy from this um, this new lipstick line, it, it goes through this charity, Women for Women um, International. I kid you not, just last week I heard a story from my friend who's a makeup artist in Los Angeles, and she's been hosting these Boxcar Muse pop-up events where women get together and tell stories and share um, things about their life. Her name's Emily. And she told me about one woman who shared the story of a woman who had been through the Bosnian War in Sarajevo, and she had a permanent hunch in her back because she had been in a cellar that was like a four-foot-high you know, um, ceiling, so she could never stand up straight for something like four years because they were hiding from all the bombs. And they asked the woman, and her psychologist, I think it was, asked her afterwards, and she's in you know, she's in therapy with the woman. Like, how did you get through? What are some of your coping mechanisms? This woman who's been through the Bosnian War said, I just put on lipstick every day. Like, that's so, crazy to me. You know, when I was... You don't look surprised at no, all. No, no, because it's like, I mean, yes, I, that, that story is absolutely... I'm, I'm surprised with the story. It's, it's moving. It's, it's shocking. But I think lipstick makes people, and not just lipstick, I think it's a very easy cosmetic to pick, but makeup and beauty rituals, they make women feel like back to themselves. Yeah. And when I was sitting at that Charlotte dinner, I was just like kind of nodding like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. because it felt, I think sort of, I felt sort of absolved of maybe working in the industry and even like, you know, we sit here for an hour plus every week and talk about lipstick and makeup. But I do think it's important and it's always been, it's been important to me my entire life. I mean, I have found it like, you know, a, a, I thank God, not you know, I've never been in any kind of situation that's even close to what these women are talking about. But for me, it's been 
an outlet, a way of expression. It's been, you know, it's it's something that feels a part of me. And I think if I ever were in a bad situation, I would feel like that is a part of me. It reminds you that you're human. Sometimes I yeah. think about it when I feel bad that I'm like, fact-checking a price on, like, some crazy expensive skincare product. And then I'm like, you know what? There are women who are getting good things out of this. I remember my grandmother was in the hospital. We still were painting her nails even when she was really sick. My mom used to paint her nails because it just made her feel like a real person and just that touch and, and also just feeling like a woman. Yeah. So, it restores, like, their dignity in some way. So sometimes late at night when I'm like, what are you doing with your life? Your friends are all <laughs> doctors and lawyers. Like yeah, or, or not even doctors. Yeah, doctors and lawyers. But like, yeah, like if you want to, like a teacher or you know, giving your life to yeah. to st- uh, some kind of service, I, I think everyone in beauty, um, I would like to think, has had that kind of crisis of you know, is are we just the, are vain? We, yeah, is are it we just doing skin deep? Exactly. Are we doing? You know, is this what I chose to devote my life to? And hearing that really, I don't know. It, it made it made me feel good. I really understood it. I remember, there's always that like quote that I see on Pinterest and I think it's like so just kind of like like cliche but like Elizabeth Taylor it's like make yourself a drink put on some lipstick and like throw yourself together or whatever like pull yourself together but I I think the sentiment is kind of there it's like makeup does give you some kind of security some kind of armor and it was cool I thought it was it was a nice moment and I think any woman will understand it when I first met you I was a very young beauty editor. Twelve. Twelve, exactly. Twelve and a half. <laughs> and you just opened up this mega salon, mm-hmm. Bumble and Bumble, down in the meatpacking district. You just opened. Um, I, you were sitting at the little cafe table. I remember you offered me something to eat. There was a little cafe. And at the time, um, Bumble was like the epitome of all that was buzzy and cool. And I told all my friends about it. Got my hair cut there for years. The next time we connected, it was about ten years later. And it was at Hair Story, the company and the salon you founded. It was buzzy and cool, and I've been going there for about three years. And it's so funny because it's like the same thing. It's a place I've been going to, and it, like Bumble in the beginning, it's like it feels like this hub of something special, like a real community. Somebody described it once, um, another writer, was like the factory of hair, like the Andy Warhol factory of hair. So there's a lot of parallels. This feels like a lot of ground to cover, and there's a huge space in between. So let's just start from the beginning. How did you get started in hair? Like, what made you want to do this? Well, when I was seven years old, uh, my mother um, became a hairdresser and opened a, she bought a salon n- near mm-hmm. where we lived. Was uh, she a hairdresser? Yeah, she became okay. a hairdresser. It was quite strange. And that, uh, uncharacteristically brave for her. But it's something she'd always wanted to do. So it was my stopping off um, place uh, on the way home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got used to it. And then when I was about 10, I started uh, sort of hanging out and working there on, on Saturday mornings. I mean, when you're a kid, especially 100 years ago, it's hard to know, you're not really exposed to business. Like my father was in some gloomy <laughs> place. I didn't really understand what he did. I wasn't particularly interested. Right. Um, so I could understand this because our lifestyle improved. We didn't have vacations on windy, cold, gray English beaches. We went to Italy. It was a big change. So I didn't really like the hairdressing. I just liked, I thought, oh, I can understand this. When we come in, you make a fuss of them. They give you tips. It's kind of cool. So you like the business of hair, hairdressing. Well, I didn't like school, so it was a distraction. You know? Right. 
Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X, and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent, and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Allo Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. 
I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right, that's about it. Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. So did you train, like, I know your mom owned the salon, but then did you train, like, in a school or you self No. In those days, you, you became an apprentice. If you were going to learn a trade, mm-hmm. essentially hairdressing was considered a trade. So I um, interviewed at two places. One was in a very modern place that they trained at Vidal Sassoon, which was the cool salon in, you know, in the world, the coolest. And then the other place was a very prestigious, sort of like Downton Abbey style salon. It was, had chandeliers everywhere and everyone had a title as in the the women who came there. There were ladies, oh, wow. countesses, duchesses, princesses, you name it. It was unusual if you were just a regular woman. Actually, regular people didn't go yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say, how could they you couldn't get in afford there? it. Yeah. Right? So, um, strangely, I, I chose to work there. Strangely, because it would be like going to typing school today. How did, how did you come over to New York then? Well, I stopped off in South Africa for five years. That's more than a stop-off. Yeah. yeah, that was five years. Well, it was, an in, it was almost like a practice run for coming to New York. It wasn't planned either. It was accidental. But um, So I was 21 years old. I'd worked in the best places in London. I didn't know what to do because there was nowhere else to work. I decided I'd go and join my brother in South Africa. What was he doing there? He was a hairdresser. Okay. And... Um, we didn't actually get on very well, so we decided he lured me t- to go there to open a salon with him. That's how it became Bumble and Bumble. Oh. And then after... You're Bumble one and he's Bumble two? Right. Well, it was the other way around. Oh. It only lasted six weeks. Was it what? called Bumble and Bumble, the one in yeah, it was it South was. Africa? The original Bumble and Bumble was in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Wow. Mm. So that lasted six weeks. We, had, we never got on very well. Okay. He got pissed off and got in his car and drove a thousand miles to the end of South Africa, which was Cape Town. And, um, and, and I'm, I have this place, this little salon, it's 400 square feet. And um, newspaper discovered me, they did a story on me, and then another newspaper, and um, we just got busy. Like, so, there's not much happening in South Africa. No, I, so if you come from London and you trained in the best like... salons, you're kind of interesting. So then how did you get to New York? I was approached by German uh, person who'd been very successful in having in having a chain of salons, and he had the scheme that he would take me, and he'd take another person who was a good hairdresser, Antonio. We'd sort of conquer the world. We'd, we'd, it sounds really insane, right? We'd we'd have all these salons in South Africa, and then I'd come to New York, and the other one would go to Europe. So that was the plan. 
sort of, I thought, oh, okay, that sounds cool. So I came to New York, looked around, and found a, an existing, rundown, extremely old-fashioned salon on 57th Street. That was the, the original Bumble and Bumble? Original. Be about okay. two blocks from the Hearst Building. I'm 27, I think, or 26, I don't remember. In New York, I have a wife and a child, and this, this dump on 57th Street. And um, I have not one client in the entire world. I actually don't know anyone. So how did you build Bumble to what, when I was a, start, a beauty editor starting out, you know, I mean, I knew Bumble as a kid, like, or a teenager, like, when I was, was invited cool to Bumble, I was like, oh my God, salon. I'm being invited to Bumble? You know, like, how did you build it to the brand that you wanted it to be? So when I took over this place, because actually what I bought was this salon that was run down, had about four or five employees, and um, the, the owner who I just bought the, this business from told them to come to the the back room, and they didn't, he introduced me. He said, oh, I've just sold the salon. It was like selling <laughs> slaves. Oh, my oh God. My God. Yeah, what just, an awkward feeling. Yeah, they just looked at me like, oh. And so I never really, I didn't know what to say. But I just mm-hmm. said, hi, um, I'm going to make this the best, most famous salon in America. They just looked at me like, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, so you had a little confidence. I guess. I don't, know where the, I don't know where I got that from because it just came out. You make yeah. it. So um, I actually had about half a dozen photographs from South Africa that I'd done with a photographer. So st- do, you know, I don't, do you remember old-fashioned press releases? We had a black-and-white photograph, and on the back you had the information. Okay. Sent those out uh, to ten publications. Eventually, Women's Wear Daily... Right. interviewed me and then Glamour started using me and then Mademoiselle. You just so, need one sometimes. Well, what I would do is I'd, I'd go to them pitching a story saying, have the story, idea, these are the Polaroids or these are the sketches or something and they'd take it to their monthly meeting with the uh, editor-in-chief and so um, it worked. You have a reputation right. as not just a hairstylist and an owner of a salon, but someone who comes up with cool products that are new that right. actually are something I haven't seen before. Okay, so how'd that happen? Once it started becoming successful, I was approached by a few different companies um, to consult for them. So, eventually, after about the third, fourth go around of consulting for different companies, I realized they had no idea how to make product. There's no idea. They're ridiculous. They make these products, and then at the very end, they give them to a few hairdressers who are not the wrong hairdressers to test anyway. They sort of do half-head tests, and um, that's how they market products. That's how they create them. So, and then I, at that point, we had some editorial hairdressers, like Orlando Peter and uh, other people who were, were very talented, and I realized that they wouldn't use any of the normal products that anybody was making. So that was my, so my, my goal was, I want Orlando and the other guys to use this stuff. Because if they're using it, it means it's really good. So you wanted to create like real editorial hair products? Yeah. That I f- thought would be, um, yeah, would, would translate to the, to the bigger world. And um, so we started off with about six products. Okay, so eventually you got 
so successful, so many people curious about your products, your salon, mm -hmm. you had some very big interest from a big brand mm. and you chose to sell it, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, and then moved on to do your own thing. Tell us about Hair Story. Tell, yeah, tell us about that time in, in creating Hair Story. Well, <clears throat> I had a three or four year non-compete sabbatical. Mm -hmm. So that gave me a lot of time to lose a lot of money. <laughs> Various things that I thought were interesting. What did you do on your sabbatical, can I ask? Well, I built extraordinarily fabulous, very green, sustainable, modern house. What else? I made a film, a documentary on Fidel Sassoon. Yes. Um, which was very successful, but not at making money. If you don't know what you're doing in the film business, you lose money. So it was a critical success. It was very important for the self-esteem of possibly millions of hairdressers. It made even teenagers and kids go, wow, this is incredible story. It was very inspiring. So that gave me a lot of satisfaction. Um, and then um, I started thinking about all the stupid, silly, shitty stuff that cosmetic world puts out. What did you want to change? Well, or what, what did you want to sort of rectify or diverge from in the beauty industry? Well, there were two things. First of all, somehow I figured out, I'd always thought about the problem with shampoo. You wash your hair with shampoo and your hair's immediately not cool, puffy, difficult to control, and you want it to get to the next day or the next day when you have to start washing it again. So eventually tried to um, successfully reinvent a way to clean your hair. Which was, For day after hair? Well, yeah, so your hair looked great straight up immediately. But you wanted to make so a cleanser for hair, not a shampoo, so that you're getting out the grease and the dirt, but you're still leaving in all the good oils and stuff that make it look cool. Exactly. Yeah. And did you make it? Did. But did you like always feel this way, or is this something you learned? Because surely, like before, you use shampoo and conditioner. Like a revelation that you had at we, some point that you're like, you know what? There's a better way. No, I didn't know there was a better way, but it was clear that we all used to talk about the fact that shampoo cleaned hair too much. Got it. So how do we, you replace shampoo? I mean, I attempted it a few times, but um, it, it, the form, formulation didn't work. Um, you know, it's a, such a big trend right now. I shouldn't say trend, but like people are more open now to like the no shampoo idea. Why do you think that is? Because they all hate the way the hair looks after <laughs> shampoo. Strips the color out, makes it poofy makes it uncontrollable, means you have to use a lot of product, mm -hmm. um, basically stupid. But what you're saying is you want to try and break away from that mold and just give you what, give your clients exactly what they need. Yeah. They so to, are there any other products than, than just the, what is it called? This is new wash. There's new wash, no. yeah. There's three. I love dressed up. So, so the products are part of Hair Story, but it's also... It's very simple. It oh, simplifies everything. Yes. It's really easy. Yes. Use new wash. If you want anything else, you'd use, in your case, balm, which is for pretty much any hair, but it's for air drying. Okay. It's so when you don't want to blow dry your hair. You could, but you don't have to. Dressed up is a more conventional in terms of, you know, you might use a brush. Your conventional dress. And undressed is, uh, you know, 
air-dried and sexy. And incredible tacked. texture and completely invisible. So yeah. it's a yeah, pretty extraordinary no product. I have to say, what's special about Hair Story is, I mean, there's many, many special things. There's a lot of young talent at Hair Story. I've been, I've been to the space. There's a lot of incredible hairstylists and colorists that have come up in your salons. So what are you doing? Like, what is happening at your salon? What are you doing differently that other bosses are, you know, I don't, boss is a weird word for you. Other, like, mentor types aren't doing. Like, you have a very different salon sort of strategy or manager type of position. I'm very good at motivating people, inspiring people, and coaching people, and managing people. And these people are not. They're very talented people who end up having a salon that, where they're not doing any of that. So it wasn't like there's lots of people mentoring people. There's very few people. Uh, it doesn't seem people. like a community. I feel like there's not the same sense of community from other salons that I see with Hair Story. Other salons, salons are not, it's not working so well anymore. I mean, at somewhere like 50% of them have now become indie. They work for themselves, they rent a chair. We're talking about a salon where all of the hairstylists are independent contractors. All they're doing is basically, they have nothing to do with the philosophy of that space. Right. They pay rent on their chair, they're their own worker. It's a big I don't thing think a lot of people realize yeah. that's how it works most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Because the owners of the what were good salons are basically a landlord. giving up. Yes, yeah. so becoming landlords is it's kind of more profitable. Yeah, people don't know so that. It's a big shift. So that's been going on very recently. Yeah. Is your hair story, are there independent contractors there? Yeah, they don't work for us. Basically, but they use it we almost house like them a... So it's they, like a collective, yeah. in a way. Yeah, we exchange. Which is like you said, like Andy Warhol in the factory. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that vibe. It's very much like that. That's cool. And... Um, we do photo shoots, we create all our con own content, we make films. So it gives us an opportunity to broadcast our style. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it seems to be working. What I love about you is that you've always stayed very true to yourself and your vision. And you've actually inspired me to help get all this fat mascara, this podcast off the ground, you and Wes. So any tips for people trying to find their creative voice just as an artist? Often successful people aren't terribly creative, not necessarily talented, they're just determined. And creative people are sometimes overwhelmed, they overwhelm themselves. And so I think um, that being talented gives you a, you know, an obligation to maybe um, go for it and be more focused on it and spend more time on it. You know, I feel like my discipline, which is irritating to many people, um, usually women, um, is, is what I have to do to be successful. Like, you know, I have to be disciplined in order to have the energy to, to help myself and help everyone else around me. You know, as you said, I'm surrounded by young people, but young people don't realize that life isn't so terrible yet. So, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to encourage them. Um, I think... I guess it's just not so um, accessible to people. But you have to, you have to make, you have to put all, everything you've got into it to be successful, or at least to feel like you tried. Like I had no idea. People used to say to me, Gee, how's it feel to be successful? I'd look at them like, I don't know what they were talking about. Like, me? Whew. Not even halfway there. 
Um, at a certain point, I absolutely was convinced without question I would never be successful, not in the terms of the way I thought success was. Um, interesting enough, it's a little philosophical, but I think the realization and the transference in your head of giving up the attachment to being successful helped me become successful. No, that was a mouthful. That makes sense, but, yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Well, that's helpful. So don't focus on the crazy yeah. end goal. Just do the damn thing. Exactly. Yeah, just, just get to the work of doing it. Thank do you for things. coming and convincing Jess to continue on her hair journey. And for telling us about yours. That was really enlightening. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. We mentioned a lot of products and people and places and brands and things in this episode, so I just want to put it out there. If you want to find out where any of those things are, go to fatmascara.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter and at fatmascara for both of those things. And you can also contact us directly by emailing us at info at fatmascara.com. So profesh. So profesh. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. 